talking about video games. Yeah! Alright, hey everybody, welcome to the Name It vs. Same podcast. This is episode number seven. Lucky number seven. Luckiest of all the episodes. Uh, joining me in person this week is my friend and co-host, Edmund Arnold. Edmund, what's up? Hey, we're in person. It's crazy. Oh, man, we're in the same room for once. I know. It's, I can look at you. Aww. I can punch you if I get really upset. <laughs> this is a dangerous thing to I be know, this close. I know. There's no barrier in front of, in between us, so this is going to get really... You can put like a little pillow or um, something. Yeah, I guess we can stack these pillows on the top of one each other. We're coming live on tape from Reno, Nevada, the Jewel of the Sierras. Reno, Nevada, our hometown, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. So this is going to be a Reno-heavy fight-heavy episode. Whenever we're together, we just want to fight. All right, so this was a... I want to say it was a big week. It was a big week for one big, enormous announcement, which I am personally more excited about than anything else that has been announced. Mm -hmm. The SNES Mini is coming from Nintendo. Praise Jesus. If you did not see this news, A, you're an idiot. B, here's what it was in a nutshell. It is a classic Super Nintendo, shrunken down, and it comes with a plethora of maybe the best games ever released on the system. Yeah. Uh, and it is making some big waves almost automatically as soon as it was announced. Yeah, I mean, it's, we're getting some of the best games of all time. We're getting... I'm not going to read the whole list because the list is very extensive. But I'm going to read just a couple games off the list. Like, I mean, Donkey Kong Country is on here. What? Uh, we have Earthbound, which is incredibly hard to find. Ness! Um, Earthbound. I've been looking for this game forever. I was able to find it on Wii but I'll be happy to play on SNES controller. I'm very excited about that. We have Mega Man X, my friends, The Legend of Zelda, A Link in the Past, Kirby's Dream Course, which I very much love, F-Zero. I'm pretty much reading this whole list. This list is fantastic. <laughs> well, every game is great on it. Final Fantasy III, Star Which is Fox. also Final Fantasy VI, in case people are a little bit confused. I am confused about that. Right, so I had to look it up because on the Japanese one, it's still called... So there's a Japanese release for the SNES, right? Okay. And it's still called Final Fantasy VI because that's what it was in Japan. For North American releases, because we didn't get the ones prior, really? it was called Final Fantasy III. Yeah, it's really confusing, but it's number six... The one with Kefka, the clown with the laugh. But what, I, what, I what, don't what? know my Final Fantasy. So where is it in the chronological order? It is technically the sixth one. For North really? American audiences, they call it Final Fantasy III, but it is the sixth release of Final Fantasy. Oh, it's, why, why would they do that? I don't know. It's confusing. But to me, it's the first one that was... When we think of Final Fantasy now, yeah. our generation, it's what we think of as Final Fantasy. Lots okay. of characters, okay. this big sweeping journey... It's uh, it's not just gathering crystals and being like, we've saved the world together. And you recruit these friendship. characters on your way... Through this journey, too. exactly. Okay. You're also you're a, uh, the woman is a, the protagonist is a woman. Oh, really? Yeah, Tara. I did not know this. Okay, all right. That makes me excited. So I get to get my hands deep in Final Fantasy three. Get deep up in it. Deep up in it. We have all oh, Super Mario World. My favorite. Super the best Mario. Super Mario. Oh, it's so good. The best Super Mario. Super Metroid. The best Metroid. Super Punch Out. Yoshi's Island. Super Mario RPG. I mean, we have everything on here. And it is a hyped up list. Just I mean. the biggest. Name on the list is Star Fox 2. Here's the crazy thing, again, if you've been living under a rock. Star Fox 2 was a game that was released, or not released, was announced back in the 90s. And then when it was 97% completed, I think is what the rumor is, mm -hmm. they decided not to launch it. Uh, the reason that I had heard, uh, and this was uh, the angry video game nerd who was our guest this week, James Rolfe, uh, talked about it. That it was going to be released, but the PlayStation came out and the graphical uh, power of the original PlayStation was so far beyond what the Super Nintendo was that they decided just to scrap it instead of getting embarrassed by what they thought their 3D was. Really? This was before the N64. Oh, I love history. I love video game history. That's interesting. 
So this is going to be very exciting for a lot of people that grew up in that generation. Absolutely. I'm fans of Star Fox. Uh, for me, Star Fox 64 was the first Star Fox I played, which, yeah, for my money, is a fantastic game. I mm-hmm. love Star Fox 64. Absolutely. But I'm excited to go back and play some Star Fox 2. And it's only 80 bucks to pick this thing up, yeah. and it comes with all the games. Yeah. And, it's, you know, you either play it on your new TV, HDMI cords. Mm-hmm. I hope, hopefully, the controller uh, is wired a little longer because that was a big complaint on the NES. They said it's about 10 feet longer or 20 feet longer than the okay. one for the NES okay. Mini. However, the fact that it's not wireless kind of bugs me. Do they understand how people play video games? But like, I want to be sat back and <laughs> resting a bowl of Cheetos on my belly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I want to be like an otter. That's how I play video who games. Who sits next to their TV and plays video games anymore is what I want to know. Yeah, we all have glasses and contacts. Well, we all have 55-inch TVs, and if you don't have a 55-inch TV, well, I mean, get into 2017. Come I, on Frankly, now. I have no respect for you. I don't. I don't at all. If your TV is under 50 inches, step your game up. Get your game up. Or stop playing video games because you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it at all. You don't deserve it. You make me sick. Yeah, you make me real sick. But anyway, back to the release of Star Fox 2. And all these games, really, it's really interesting because we grew up in a generation where we were kind of past the SNES. We kind of grew up in the 64-type generation. Yeah, I, I would say I came of age with the 64. Yeah. I, remember, I had an older brother, and he played the Super Nintendo, and it was... My memories of the Super Nintendo are being strangled with the cord or being punched in the gut whenever I tried to pick up a cord. Do you want to talk about this? We can work my... We're on a couch. I feel like maybe this is the right... Let me pull out my psychology degree. Let's do this. We can can get into this. I mean, I have my BA. It's somewhere in my car. I carry it with me everywhere just in case the police pull me over. So yeah, we grew up with these games. We didn't really get to play them, so I'm excited about the opportunity to really get to play these games as an adult. Yeah. To really experience them. A lot of the ones that I played, particularly the Final Fantasies, they, they were released together on an anthology disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, or some of these games I've either played on emulators or I played uh, the, the Game Boy versions of it. Yeah. Once my brother was done playing the Game Boy, <laughs> I got like the hand-me-downs. Uh, so I am excited to play them on the NES. I picked up, or the SNES... I had a Super Nintendo uh, recently, like two years ago. I found one in the garage. Really? Right? Yeah. Wow. And I picked up Donkey Kong Country 2, which, by the way, the game, Donkey Kong Country 2, the cartridge, cost me 60 bucks. I dropped 60 bucks on a game that was released 20-something years ago. Absolutely. Also, the hardest game in the world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think that's what's going to be the most frustrating part. It's going to be how frustratingly hard these games are. Because games hold your hand now. I mean, they're so complex, and I'm not trying to take away, like we said last week with the esports players and how good people can be at these games. Mm -hmm. But the learning curve for old Nintendo games was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. And you really had to put in patience, and you really had to put in time. That's why I have so much respect for those old school, like... And we talked about this last podcast, but those speedrunners because oh, yeah. they memorize these games, and it takes a lot of time to memorize these games. I don't know how you keep that in your head too. You're doing this for like a ten hour. Uh, yeah, speedrun. Right? Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, just a lot of practice and a lot of dedication. But touching back on your earlier point, where you said how expensive it was to buy Donkey Kong mm-hmm. Country. I think you also touched on this in your interview, which was a great interview, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, it was very exciting to get him on the podcast, too. Jandroff is an amazing person. He's yeah, he has a, a lot really of good insight. sweet, nice guy. His uh, his video game character, the nerd, is not anything like what James <laughs> Rolfe is like in real life. Um, yeah, but yeah, if you're trying to collect these old school games that are dropping on the SNES, it's, it's a very, rather expensive endeavor. It's going to run you up, yeah. Yeah, and like me trying to find Earthbound, I have to pay $70 for this, I'd have to find an SNES, <laughs> and all this is going to be really hard. Um, so I'm glad that Nintendo is taking the time to make these releases basically universal for anyone to access. 
Uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. I have nothing negative to say. How do you? So you feel positive about the price point? I was shocked that I saw any people being upset about the price point because eighty dollars seems like a pretty fair price point. Star for... Fox Two alone is worth a hundred dollars for a copy. <laughs> right? I seriously. Think. I mean, what can you complain about? If you go anywhere, you're trying to find Earthbound, it's a good sixty dollars. Anywhere you're trying to find Super Mario World, it's a good seventy to eighty dollars. I mean, these games are expensive. Just stop complaining. This is a good. This is a Nintendo doing well, in my opinion. Let's see how the release schedule. Is. That's what I was about to say. I mean, like, yeah, they're doing good well now in theory. Let's yeah. see how many they actually print off, and if it's the same thing with the NES Classic or with the Switch right now. I think there was this with the Wii U. Yeah. Why does Nintendo not make enough of their products to meet the demand of people who want to buy their products? Is it something to do with? Is it a business aspect? Does it raise stock? If there's That's such a clamoring question. effect for it, is it? Have you seen that South Park where Eric Cartman buys a amusement park and won't let people? in yeah and he does it because he's a selfish asshole yeah but <laughs> people think it's this brilliant marketing strategy mm -hmm. is nintendo eric cartman is my question possibly because i don't know i'd like to get some insight hopefully as we get popular we can get some more just powerful guests where they can give us more insight into like the marketing schemes of things but yeah nintendo doesn't play around and knowing that makes me think that they obviously know how many they're supposed to print off and they are not printing off enough to get shipped out to the people who are demanding this. Absolutely. And it, it, I don't, it makes me just think that it's doing it. They are doing it intentionally. So I, I think I agree with you. I feel like we sound like we're conspiracy theorists, but at this point you've been, this company has been around for 30 years and has been the leader in video games for almost that entire Absolutely. period of time. And you so. know, people are going to want the Nintendo. Of course. You know, the people are going to want a super Nintendo that you can hook up to your new television with all these games that people loved when they came out originally. Right. Do you not understand it? And I don't. I wonder if it's the same problem. Do they have the same problem in Japan? Are you, do you have any insight in that? I don't, and that's a that's a big question for me. I think there's less of that problem in Japan, right? And like you said, it's been with every single console that they've released since the Wii U. That's what I think lends credence to the fact that like this is obviously like them doing some type of marketing thing. If it's happened this many times, like if you haven't learned from the mistakes of the past, right. then like clearly it's probably being done on purpose, and it's obviously not hurting their bottom line. Absolutely not. No. Also, I mean, it blends into the thing. You only can buy this SNES Mini so far, is what has been announced, until the end of the year, and then they're stopping production. Yeah. Which so, like, you have a limited window to buy it. Right. Like, what else is going to drive up demand for this? And thing? You can't even pre-order it right now. No, because people would order like ten of them. Well, I, I would order at least two. Make yeah. sure I have one for myself and at least one at home to bring back to Reno, so I'd have one at home. You gotta have two. Well, I think I. You know, we can, I want to touch on this later, but I want that little boy that my parents are being raised with to grow up playing these games on a console experience. And I like that. The thought of, I don't know, maybe it's nostalgia or something like that, but having uh, your son or your nephew or blah, 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 or your niece playing games that you grew up with and like kind of imparting that. Sort of like when I watched The Godfather with my dad or yeah. something like that. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. The same experience. Or like with me growing up watching Rosewood with my dad. Um, the same type of experience, you know, Godfather for yeah, <laughs> Rosewood, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, great experiences with our fathers. But yeah, you know, you sit down with your child and you experience, you want them to go to the same experience. And you know, these games are great jumping off points for younger gamers, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it just makes me think, does it have, do you think it has anything to do with the Wii? Because the Wii was so... The so many people Wii? wanted that. The first week. The first week, yeah. The, so many people wanted that. There wasn't enough production. I think people were clamoring after a Wii for a good like year or two years yeah. after it came out. Do you think that has to play into it? They saw how well they did with the Wii across the board, across the years, how many you know years it sold consistently well. I do. Does I, that play into how much they market they produce now or I anything think, like that? Yeah, so here's the thing, right? Like these things come out and then they're already there. 
and the buzz around them has kind of died down afterwards. If you control the way it's like stemmed out over right. a period of time, doesn't that, it would keep that fervor alive for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, you haven't gotten one yet? Be like, oh no, you got to wait till like next batch drops. So it's similar, so they're doing like a Disney vault type thing. Where, sure, yeah, there you go. That's great. Um, they're coming out with these like <clears throat> limited releases. It's going to be out for a year. Not everyone's going to get it. We're going to make sure that as many people as we can get it, and then we're going to put it away forever. Right. Is that a good marketing strategy? Why? How's Disney doing right now? Uh, That's true. true. Look, Nintendo right now, they just released uh, some quarterly earnings, whatever it was, and the Nintendo Switch had made more money than the PlayStation and the Xbox combined. Well, yeah, it it makes sense. Switch is more universal. You can buy it. It's also newer, I guess. And appeal to the Switch where you can kind of just pick it up and go. And then still put it on your console. I mean, I almost brought it over here today. Really? So that was my question then, is how often are you actually using it as a portable thing? Because I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, oh, that looks really cool. I'm like, I'm never going to use that. I I think a lot of, a significant Mm -hmm. amount of people use it portably. I know I take it to work with me and I play it on break sometimes. Uh I know some people will commute with it, especially in the Bay Area because we're all a bunch of nerds out there. Yeah, when you drive your car and you're just playing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love driving my car and playing my Switch at the same time. I've developed a very good knee driving um, technique where I'm just driving with my knees and I can look down. This is so much more enjoyable being able to watch you mind. Oh yeah, and I have. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's very accessible. You can just pick it up, and it, I wanted to bring it so it's, you can see how easy. All you have to do is just slip it in something, and it's on your television. I think with the SNES, with this mini, this is what I'm wondering. We keep getting all these nostalgic things. If this sells well, which it's going to, obviously, obviously, four years from now, is it going to be like, oh, it's the N64 mini? I think we need it. Yeah? Yeah. It, for me, and you you said this, and it made me want to punch you in your face. Okay. When you said the N64 was overrated. It N64, is overrated. N64 is the greatest system ever made by humans. No, it is not. It, is. it might be in the entire universe. No, I don't know. I haven't been to other planets. No. But. The greatest, if we're being serious about it, the greatest system made ever would probably either be the, either the PS2 or the Xbox 360. Xbox 360 is on the same level as PS2, do you? I think. Xbox 360 after the like the initial release was terrible, right? But, but then the over the years, that thing got so powerful. And Xbox Live during the Xbox 360 years was so much better than the PlayStation Network. Yeah, fair enough. It was it's- so much better than the PlayStation Network. And what Xbox Live and Xbox 360 did for online gaming, I think it's unparalleled. It's bizarre. It almost seems like an apples and oranges situation, even though it shouldn't be. They're mm-hmm. both video game systems. But like the online is so much different than the core gameplay type oh, of thing. Yeah, you know? It's just a different experience. And I will give it to you on that for Xbox 360. That being said, the only system that I can, except for Dreamcast because I love it, but let's be honest, like Dreamcast is not the PS2. It only has like 10 games. Dreamcast has a lot of games. I Does mean, it? It has a lot of niche games. That- it has Soul Calibur. It has Jet Grind Radio, which is freaking amazing it had so many japanese releases that if you and i ever get access to go like to one of these conventions or go to like Jap- japan where we can pick up these games which i hope we do one day so please listen i'm dressing like gentlemen i dress like pikachu everywhere because everyone loves pikachu and i'm small enough to pull that off but. you kind of yeah i could see you as a pikachu. yeah you know i got round cheeks i can pull it off yeah just put your face in one of like the bands on the mm-hmm. belly <laughs> pikachu. yeah i could do it um yeah but yeah so i think like a Dreamcast Mini would be awesome. Sega Genesis Mini would be awesome. I know I see J Sega Genesis in um, like Walmart and Rite Aids, but it would right. be nice to see them release it with like their top quality games. So why isn't would you? So yeah, exactly. So why aren't other publishers or these big video game makers? Why aren't they doing it? Because well? they don't have the money that Nintendo has. Is that is this just Nintendo just flexing its muscle? Be like, this is what we can do. I think Nintendo realizes that. People like their classic stuff, and they can just repump it over. That's why we get so many 2D games oh, yeah. over and over again. 
they realize that this is what people want. But they're good! They are good. I mean, they're good, but when is it going to run out? Well, obviously not anytime soon, because it's 2017, and they've been doing this, what, since the 80s? Yeah, clearly. I mean... So, I guess this is what people want. I mean, I'm excited. I, I complain a lot about Nintendo just doing the same thing over and over and over again, but... Right. I'm excited to see this. So that's the thing is like every time I want to complain, they do something like this. I'm like, oh wait, this is amazing, right? And I want it. They're also not the only people doing. It. I mean, Naughty Dog is re-releasing uh, the HD version and saying this is different. We can't compare this. We can't compare. This. We can't with Crash Bandicoot because I'm pretty sure Sony execs wanted to compare Crash Bandicoot to Mario no, back in 1997. Oh, okay, Please, back, they back right then. But if you can't compare the Crash Bandicoot remaster, no, Crash then Bandicoot then, is not. <laughs> to Nintendo up releasing hardware with all these classic games on there. Um, but yeah, the Crash Bandicoot remastered is... Is it necessary? Do we need it? I'm shrugging for people who can't see me. Yeah, he's, he's giving me a rather convincing shrug right now. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I think a Super NES is what we need. We need that. We need that for the younger generation. the right time for America. This is the right time for crazy time in America. We need this. Thank you, Japan. But do <laughs> we always need, know what's right Do we America. need a Crash Bandicoot remaster? I like Crash Bandicoot. I loved Crash Bandicoot. You know what? I'd rather have a Spyro the Dragon. Well, then give, us a, give us a PlayStation Mini. That's what I want. Thank give you. us a PlayStation Mini and remaster all these games and put it out on there. These games kind of got buried. They were like these forgotten mascots, right? Maybe yeah. not forgotten, but nobody... Mario's been around for longer than I have been around. Spyro and Crash Bandicoot are poor man's mascots. Yeah, no one's going to pick them over Mario. A Bandicoot? Yeah. Over an Italian plumber? No, thank you. Come on. (laughs) A talking dragon over a talking dinosaur? Like, get out of here. Or not even a talking dinosaur. Yoshi! Like, it's amazing. (laughs) So, I don't know, man. Get out of here. I do like Spyro the Dragon. I don't. (laughs) Well, Spyro the Dragon is great. Spyro the Dragon is just a poor attempt of them trying to cash in on kids playing video games, and they failed miserably. There were so many in that time period, and I wonder if it's because PlayStation was trying to... They watched Nintendo. Nintendo was a prototype, right? Yeah. So how do you do what Nintendo did? Well, you do what Sega tried to do. And this is at a time when Sony was just getting into it with the first PlayStation. So they're like, well, we got to try three different mascots and see if one of them hits. Yeah. And they all kind of did, but not like... None of them Not the same off. way, no. Yeah. When was the last Gex game that was released? Oh, Gex, man. That, that was a garbage game. Yeah, that game was garbage. And that was a garbage mascot, too. I think he came out of Nintendo, though, too. Let's, uh, let's try and get the guy who created Gex on the podcast so we can just be like, what have you... <laughs> like, you realize the damage that you've done? Who are their mascots? It was like Gex, uh, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, Jax. Oh, my Gax, God, Jax. Ratchet and Clank. I mean, they were putting out so many of these, and none of them... I mean, Ratchet and Clank, you can kind of say, probably their most successful, because they put out a movie. Yeah, and, like, a few of them are good. They're yeah. Not terrible no, they're good games. games. They're yeah, really good they games. are, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, they're not Mario. They're good for... They're Sony's Marios. They're great platformers for Sony. You're never going to get... I mean, Mario's been out since forever. Right. I mean, so you're not... They. That's what Mario has over them. Is right. It's been out forever, and it's been able to evolve, and... You know, it's been a, you've been able to see Super Mario World evolve in the Super Mario Ga- Odyssey. So right. you're not going to get that same evolution with a Crash Bandicoot or a Ratchet and Clank. That's true, and like obviously, they Nintendo had a huge head start. But uh, Master Chief, in a much shorter period of time, Master Chief came out after Crash Bandicoot, and I would argue that like Master Chief is not Mario, but he's probably the closest to Mario in gaming. Master Chief is, was marketed towards adults he was yeah for sure um or at least think, teenagers yeah exactly and i think that's where microsoft 
They were so far. There's no comparison to Mario because he, he's nothing like Mario. No, but yeah. that's what Microsoft understood. Yeah, like, and we I, can't market these games to these kids because these kids are already going to recognize the Pokemon's right and the Mario the Pokemon's <laughs> and I didn't. What's the plural? The Poke, the different types of the Pikachu's <laughs> and the Mario's and the Donkey Kong's. I, it's and you know these are easy to make toys. Um, right. A Crash Bandicoot toy would look all just anorexic and disgusting. In It'd my be opinion, horrifying. yeah, it'd be, it'd be the worst thing ever. A Spider-Man with like real fur out of an actual yeah, Bandicoot. I don't know. And Bandicoots don't they like eat children? Yeah, yeah. Don't they kidnap African children and eat them? <laughs> Only African children, <laughs> yeah. even though they're in Australia. <laughs> African and Australian children—they go across the ocean. After they're they're really good swimmers. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard. I know animals, all right? And bandicoots are nothing to mess with. We got through one podcast without making some stupid animal fact that's probably not even true. <laughs> I thought bandicoots were Africans. <laughs> <laughs> God. I got every like animal that eats children. Joining me now is James Walsh. James Walsh is known by millions across the internet as the angry video game nerd. James, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, a bit of big news came out this week. Uh, that is that Nintendo is releasing a mini version of their classic Super Nintendo system. Uh, this is the second time they've done this. They did a original NES mini version, and they didn't make enough of them for everybody. <laughs> and people got <laughs> kind of upset at the lack of uh, games over there. Uh, but given that you made a name for yourself reviewing classic Nintendo games, this must be an exciting time for you. Uh, yeah, um, when the first one, uh, the NES Mini, but uh, yeah, so when the first uh, NES Classic came out, it seemed, uh, to me, I mean, I thought it was an awesome idea, but um, mainly for the younger generations who may not have had the chance to own an actual NES, because, um, you know, nowadays it's, it would be pretty pricey to track down an nes and plus all the games to go with it so this was a really great compact way for uh you know people to play it today and with you know an hdmi cable or you know whatever it connects with so that it's not you don't have to use the old stuff um so i think it's awesome for you know just a good chance for um a lot of people to play these games who may not have had the chance before for me, though, I didn't have any reason to buy an NES Classic because I already have all the games. Right. Uh, I mean, I know there are some reasons, like to upgrade it uh, to HD and to play it on a newer TV. Um, and I know they have a lot of like cool, like save things, different uh, features in it. Mm-hmm. But then when I heard this one, the, the SNES Classic, I um, I looked at the list really quick and I was like, okay, Star Fox Two. That's uh, you know an, an unreleased game, so that is a big, big selling point because otherwise I don't have that game. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Um, and then Earthbound, which is uh, yes. one game. That's, yeah, that, that's been missing from my collection because it's uh, it's pricey. Mm-hmm. It's a, kind of a hard game to, well, it's not hard to track down. It's just, you know, it's, you know, you got to fork out some extra cash for that one. Um, so that's great. And, and also the selection of games is, is really good. They got, Pretty much all my favorites, I think. They got Link to the Past, Super Metroid, um, Castlevania 4. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really awesome. I wonder, uh, just going off of what you just said, because these have been collector's items for such a long time, if when Nintendo does this, if it kind of ruins that market a little bit, 
with these things that used to be so rare and so hard to track down now it's like here it is on a new box oh yeah i mean i don't know i don't think it has much effect on it because i think the people who are collectors want to own like the people who really want to own the original they'll, they'll mm-hmm. get the original because uh, you can find earthbound for like 30 bucks but it's a reproduction right um, it's otherwise functions the same as any other you know as the real thing uh you know you can, you can play nintendo world championships which is like the the rarest nes game but you can get a reproduction cart that's probably like 50 bucks right uh so but the original still it maintains its its big price so i, I think the I don't think it it affects the collecting uh, value. Yeah, I guess when they're when they're actual collectors items like the first edition, like a like a comic book, like if you got Superman number one, but it was a reprint, it's not going to be the same type of uh, value as the original Superman number one. Yeah, that's a perfect analogy because because uh, you know I'd I'd read Superman number one. It was like I don't need to own the I don't need to you know it's right. cost millions. Of, I think like a million dollars to to get that. God, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, like I heard somebody explain, like, well, that that's like you could buy like a really nice house for that. And <laughs> yeah. Then the guy says, well, you can't read a house. <laughs> um, but I don't think. I mean, I prefer just to read a copy of it. You know. Yeah, I'm, I can't live in a comic book, but you know, whatever priorities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On this thought, list. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, on this list of games that was announced for the for the SNES Mini, are any of these ones that you've reviewed before? I think you did Punch Out, didn't you? Uh not on Super Nintendo. Okay, uh, actually, actually, not even on on NES. Oh that, man, that, swing and miss. Yeah, something I should uh, put on the agenda. Uh, uh, Contra Three, that's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, uh, Donkey Kong Country, that, that's one of my. Fa- oh, F Zero, yeah, this is a great list. Final oh yeah, it's Fantasy amazing. Three, okay, like that's that's one of my favorite games there. The problem is here is that they're all they're all good games. They're not really the crappy games. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. The only one I see on there that made it into uh, an Angry Nerd episode was uh, Castlevania Four. Mm-hmm. But even then, I was talking about how much it, you know, how awesome it was. Right. Um, and it was sort of just, it was just a big Castlevania marathon, and that was, you know, part of it. One thing that I thought was funny with this new mini coming out. Uh, is that it doesn't have wireless controllers, which people were upset about with the NES because the controllers were too short. So Nintendo oh. just made longer controller wires. But you still kind of have the same problem. It's just funny that we have this thing that contains all 21 games on it, uh, but we still have to have a wired controller. So you have to sit down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Even back then they had uh, like these adapters where you could play it wirelessly. Really? I don't know. How well they- yeah, they didn't catch on. Like, I, I, in fact, I'm not sure if they had it for the Super Nintendo. I know they did with the NES. Uh, it's called the NES Satellite. Okay. Um, but the, yeah, for some reason, those never caught on. Even the Atari had a wireless controller. Um, it was it was weird. It had this big an- antenna on the front of it. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most '70s image in the world. Yeah. I think it's funny. It's part of the nostalgia now. You still have to wind up your cables or your mom might come through and yell at you for <laughs> leaving them all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but hey, I guess whatever works. Yeah, I mean, I'm still excited to play a lot of these games. Speaking of which, I'm really excited for the Star Fox 2 because, as you said, it was an unreleased game, and now people are finally going to be able to play this game. We're almost 30 years after it was announced, and they, apparently they had 
or 20 years after it was announced, they had 90-something percent of the game done and just never released it. I find it odd that Nintendo held on to that for such a long period of time to release it now. Yeah, I I kind of forgot about that game for a long time, mm-hmm. but I just uh, actually have the magazine in my hands right now. It's really? Nintendo Power, yeah. I was digging it out because I was like, I know I've seen that uh, in one of these. So I got out. It's Nintendo Power. Talk about. 69. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about uh, collector's items. Yeah. So I'm looking at it. I actually have the page open right here. And it's just full page. Uh, pack watch. It says Star Fox 2. Look for it this summer. And that never happened. <laughs> yeah. But it looks pretty cool from the uh, page. But you know, you know what the thing about Nintendo, I guess, like, because uh, I was reading about what were the reasons they canceled it, and apparently it, it was, um, like, uh, PlayStation uh, came out, mm-hmm. and they were thinking, well, let's not show that our 3D graphics don't look as good as their 3D graphics. Right. So they uh, they sort of dropped it, um, but uh, I guess that's the thing about Nintendo was that they didn't really make sequels, like even though they did. Right. Every time they made a new game, it was like a new game. Right. Uh, Like, every time they came out with a new console, there would be, like, one Metroid game for each console, and every one of them was, like, was more advanced. Um, uh, Like, like, uh, yeah, like Star Fox, it was just, like, a one-off game. Right. Even though that sequel got canceled. Um, F-Zero, that that was its own thing. Um, It seemed like they, they, instead of making, like, instead of really uh, um, going for these franchises, it seemed like they would just make, like, one of everything. Right. So I think that was cool. It was just, like, one great game after another great game. Um, that's why I like the Super Nintendo, because it just had so many great games on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what's funny is is that they kind of inadvertently launched franchises anyway. It's like you said, they are like different games. They almost don't even follow. Uh, it's Each Mario game is its own standalone thing. I guess the closest one would be a Donkey Kong Country, where the next one you're Diddy Kong, trying to save Donkey Kong. But yeah, even uh, the Zeldas are so Donkey different. Kong, I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, they did make two sequels for that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like the hard Donkey Kong Country Two might be the hardest game I've ever played. I can't beat it. I'm terrible at it. Oh yeah, that one is pretty tough. Yeah. I don't know if I've beaten it. I made it far, but not all the way. The times suck for sure. But I'm gonna sit down with the classic <laughs> one on this uh, on this SNES when it comes out. Yeah, assuming it isn't too hard to get. That's the thing is, and it's happening with the Switch now too. Apparently, Nintendo seems to not make as many consoles as there are demand for their own products and some people are thinking like there's a conspiracy theory that they're they're not making enough on purpose but i wonder if it's just them not realizing how many people they're reaching in north america maybe but they they must know they must because even with the wii i remember a year after the wii came out like this was a full year i went around to a bunch of stores because i felt like getting one finally right and nobody had it it was like it was sold out everywhere and then i finally found one store that had like you know a couple of them left um but i was just like wow this is amazing that this thing you know they just release like a few batches of it here and there right I, i mean is it just brilliant marketing or do they have like a major production issue at their studio Every other yeah. video game maker can do it, and these are people who haven't been doing it for a third of as long as Nintendo's been doing it, so why are they the only one? Yeah, I'm willing to believe 
you know, just as a guess that it's it's marketing. <laughs> you would think so. I mean, at this point, it must be. Yeah. But, it's an but inst- I guess we'll never know for sure. <laughs> it's a mystery of the universe at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I also see that you. Um, this is really cool, and I like this because I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I kind of grew up watching your videos at like the early stages of YouTube. Um, and what's neat now is that well, not only can you still find a lot of videos on YouTube, but now I can have them in a collection because uh, you're selling uh, a lot of your old classic episodes as Blu-rays. Uh, is there certain places where people can find those? Oh yeah. Um... They're on Amazon. Um, the, the the best way to, to make sure it's the official links is uh, on cinemassacre.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, not all of them are in stock at the moment, but the the new one is definitely. Um, so we're always trying to restock them. But You're like Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a lot like that. <laughs> Except ours is just that it costs so much to um, to produce them because they're, they're like you have to – you know, manufacture them in like batches. Right. Um, but, uh, if you go to cinemassacre.com and then go to, uh, the, the merch link in fact, I'm just checking really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a merch link near the top, right. And then you could go to there and then click on Blu-rays, DVDs. Um, also I just tweeted a link to it, um, recently. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it, it's a good way for people to get them in uh, in smaller, uh, you know, condensed like that. Like you know, same thing as an NES uh, classic. Because <laughs> it's uh, it before we re- released them on DVDs, but on, on the DVD format, it's like nine DVDs to get. Uh, well, it's not not even all the episodes. Man, there's like <laughs> there's almost 150 episodes now. Right. And even now in this day and age, there isn't really much point because um, like people are. You know, physical media seems to be gradually fading away. Right. But there's still a lot of people who like to have that collector's item. You know, that I was just at a convention recently, and I autographed a bunch of them. So people like to have that physical thing to put on your shelf. Definitely. It becomes, yeah. you know, a piece of the room, you know, like a focal point where people walk in and can see your physical collection. I loved a lot of your videos just behind you on the shelves, these walls and walls of games and movies. Yeah. It's 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 always just like uh, I mean of course I wouldn't recommend everybody try to do that it's, it takes up a lot of space but uh, <laughs> but you know the nerd videos I dedicate you know a, a room it, it it's basically like you got to have a background for the videos right it's really uh, not to mention having all the games to play for sure um, yeah on, on these new Blu-rays is there going to be any uh, behind the scenes type of stuff any uh, any extra content that we maybe haven't seen before. Oh, there is. Yeah, every time we put one out, we usually have outtakes, and um, there's usually a, like a, a documentary that catches you up on like what kind of behind the scenes stuff uh, went on and to the making of the videos from the past year or whenever the last release was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a pretty there's a pretty good like 30 minute documentary on this one um, that shows just you know just some cool behind the scenes stuff. Right. It's interesting to me because you were kind of one of the first real YouTube stars before YouTube star was a pretty well-known word as it is now. Uh, when you were starting off, was, I mean, this was a new technology. YouTube had only existed for a couple years. Was this something you expected at all when you started doing this? Were you just doing these for fun to talk about games that you grew up with? Yeah. I didn't, I, it, it's like if you're doing something long enough, um, 
then the technology will come around eventually and then give you a new opportunity to to show your work and i mean i was making movies you know in my backyard for like you know since i was a kid mm-hmm. um but then you know all kinds of different things and all things you know like little stupid jokes here and there and then the, the i did the nerd things and again i just thought it was just like a little joke um i thought it was funny but i didn't know so many other people would remember the same games and connect with it in that way uh, so i was really glad when uh you know, we posted them right when YouTube came out. Um, I mean, I started making them slightly before YouTube, but it wasn't a series at that point. It was just a couple one-off things. Right. Uh, There's just the two of them, um, and I was done with it. But then when YouTube came out, I decided, okay, I'll, I'll make a third one. It'll be a trilogy. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and then people start um, being like, oh, well, there's all these other bad games. You, you got to play uh, Roger Rabbit. You got to play Fester's Quest. And, and all these requests would start coming in. It's like... Yeah, you're right. Those could be videos too. And then I just decided to roll with it. And then I do ones that nobody expected. I, I did Ninja Turtles, and right. you know, that's a game usually regarded as a as a good game. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Nintendo Power. It was they always had that top um, top fifty games or whatever. And uh, Ninja Turtles was in the number one spot for like month after month. Um, but so it was kind of interesting because I was the first person to trash that game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Pioneer. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, but that that made it, um, that, that made it interesting. A lot of people, um, latched on to that one. We were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. That, that part did suck, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, awesome. James, that's, uh, that's all I got. Unless there's there's anything else you want to talk about, plug, anything like that. Oh, no, that's about it. I mean, you can see my videos on uh, the YouTube channel, Cinemassacre. Absolutely. Or just go to the site, cinemassacre.com. Cool. Everyone should check that out. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. I really One company that is not doing quite as well in the nostalgia department or in the department of games that run and are playable is Sega. Uh, Sega Forever was released uh, after being announced and I defended it and now I look like a fool because the games are not working, which is kind of one of the things you want from your game. Yeah, Namix win again. Namix win again. I was I would right. I'm saying Saiyan's win this. Well, uh, no, well, I'm a Namek. You're a Saiyan. No, you'd be a Saiyan. I would be a Namek. I think that's the. No, we're already confusing people. Someone asked me last week, like, are you the Namek or are you the Saiyan? And I had to <laughs> specifically tell them that I'm a Namek and we will get to this at a later podcast. Well, clearly you were saying it wrong. That's why people are having confusion. Oh my gosh. I'm a Namek. You're a Saiyan. We'll get through that. Okay. Anyway, um, yes, it was a train wreck. It was an emulation train wreck. I guess people could not. I didn't. I wouldn't know because I was I did not buy into it. No, oh. um, but I guess people could not play the games. I guess the games weren't launching correctly. I guess games were crashing. Uh, I guess the controls weren't working correctly at all. It's so those are all like, issues if you wanted to play a game. Right? Whoa, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Especially if you want to play on your mobile that you pay two dollars to play ad free for. Ah, normally so, when I buy something, I just forget about it and just bash it against my face until. You know, I decided to buy the next thing. It sounds like a lot of people with who purchased Sega Forever did the same <laughs> it thing. It sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds exactly like it. So, yeah, that was an absolute catastrophe. So, anyone who didn't purchase anything from Sega Forever, good job. So, Sega, I think you should take a seat and take a look at what Nintendo is doing. We're bringing up an age-old, uh, you know, the Tupac and Biggie 
controversy or fights of the video game industry, Sega versus Nintendo. I think Sega needs to really look at what Nintendo's doing. It's great to me that history is repeating itself so much mm-hmm. that the rivalry, the massive rivalry of my child between Sega and Nintendo lives on in emulators and in uh, miniature releases of systems. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, because Sega took the cheat man's route and it's kind of like, oh, we're just going to emulate these games for cell phones. We're going to try to target a larger audience. I don't know which type of audience they're trying to target. The target audience. People that, without eyes or senses of any kind. <laughs> I guess get people that don't like console games that play a largely mobile gaming. I haven't been pissed off today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it was a good strategy because you have a lot of people that aren't going to touch consoles. So this is a good way to yeah. introduce them to these classic games. But if you're going to do something like that, at least make sure that it's functioning, I guess. That's the issue. I mean, everybody has a phone, but everyone also knows when something doesn't work. Yeah, so. and we live in an age where people are going to complain about it. On so. their phone. I don't understand why you just don't take the Nintendo route, just copy them, do like a mini Sega uh, Genesis, release your top games, because the Sega Genesis has some outstanding games. Absolutely. Um, and just take the, just take that same approach. Why are you just going to emulate these games for mobile? Do you think somebody at Sega had caught wind of uh, Nintendo releasing this SNES Classic? I'm asking that as if it's a question. You know that it's true. And that they're like, oh, we need to rush this thing out so at least we're ahead of Nintendo for their announcement. I possibly. Yeah, yeah, I could think that's because that's usually how the video game industry works. Um, that's why we really need competition in the video game industry now. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the Sony vs. Microsoft competition is a good thing. But yeah, I think they probably got wind of how great the Super NES was going to be. And they're just trying to pump pump it. I think it, the release schedule was already slated, um, but I just don't think the, they they could have postponed it. I, I mean, they had to have people testing it that caught these issues, right? So that's the issue. Like, how do you if you're locked into a release date? I guess maybe, but if you're if you have something and it's not working, why are you going to release that to the public in an age of everybody has a pulpit to stand on to just rain down criticism? I don't know, and it, they took the. Just they took the approach of just like blaming the mobile devices. What I find so there's a great Q and A on Eurogamer uh, between Mike Evans from Sega talking about the issues with Sega Forever, and one of the great questions that they asked is why on our super powerful modern smartphones are we having trouble running these games that used to run on a machine that had far less power in it. Uh, and Mike Evans' his response said a lot of the devices can run it fine from the testing that we did. Uh, but if you look at the different OSSs, all the different devices, the mobile, as you go live, you get that feedback, which you can't get within a sandbox environment. What we're doing is taking that and continue working on it and try to get every instance of every OS in advance. Our soft launch wasn't as long as it could have been, maybe, <laughs> you think, for <laughs> some of the other apps. But this is a different campaign in that sense. It sounds like a whole bunch of PR speak for we didn't do our homework and we don't have the answer. That is not a sufficient answer to that question, I do not feel. We don't believe you. No, we don't. Who is that? I, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't believe it at all. Uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. It just sounds like a bunch of fluff to cover the fact that they did not do extensive testing on this. Right. Um, emulation, I'm not going to bash. I, I love emulation. It is a very hard, hard, hard process, and it's not something that we should take lightly. Hmm. Um, anytime that you see these old school games emulated onto a cell phone or onto a PC, you know that a lot of people have taken a lot of effort to do that. Right. So they were taking their big name games, they're emulating onto their cell phone. I don't think they put enough time into it. That's exactly what it sounds like. You, you can't just, it's just not a one to one transfer. No. There has to be some user interface, some time, some hands on experience. You need right. more hands on experience until you get it to the point 
where it is an enjoyable experience. Because at the end of the day, this is entertainment. Right. It's not supposed to just work. It's supposed to be an enjoyable experience. It is. And it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience that I'm supposed to pick up from the get-go. Right. And that's a big problem that a lot of games are having is as soon as I buy something, it's supposed to work. Right. And that's what a lot of these... Well, I'm, pay- I'm paying you. Right. I, I It's a covenant that we enter into together. I'm giving you money. You better give me something that I'm paying for. And it better be working. If I ate a sandwich and it was a turkey sandwich and it didn't have any turkey on it, and they're like, oh, sorry, we haven't gotten to slicing it yet. Be like, but there's no refund on your turkey sandwich. I would burn down that deli. Yeah, and I have many, many times. Yeah, I would burn down that deli. What kind of service is that? If people know one thing about me, it's that I go around burning delis. And this is what they do. They would give you that sandwich. You would take that sandwich home, and then you would have to wait two through three months, and then you'd get that turkey sent to you. Right. Then you'd be able to put that turkey into the sandwich, and then it'd be working a little bit better. But then, you know, they send you some more turkey in a, in a little bit. Halfway through, my turkey would freeze. Exactly. So, the, and this is what the video game industry is doing. They're, they're releasing broken video games, broken emulated games on mobile in Sega Forever's uh, situation. Um, and then they're releasing patches, DLC, later on, later on, to fix these broken games that they're releasing, and this needs to stop. Right. Because uh, who is clamoring? Who, we already waited for the game, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And in, in some of these cases, games that... We're not even really waiting for it. There's so many other games to play beforehand. Yeah. So why are you giving me an inferior product instead of finishing your product first and then giving it to me? And if you're going to do that, stop charging me full price. Yeah, exactly. It's just mismanagement. It's yeah. just mismanagement across the board. And it's just a crazy... It's crazy that they're still doing this in 2017. And it's crazy that Sega, especially on... With them not releasing any big-name games anymore, with them having so much time to develop these type of... You know, this type of Sega Forever, they had a lot of time to develop this. Why would they... It's crazy that they would release it so yeah, broken. There was no clamor for this before they announced it. Nobody right. was sitting around and be like, oh, you know what I really was wish I could do? Was there a clamor for it after it, though? Were there, <laughs> That's were there a, a lot point. of people that were like, I, I'm really excited for these games. I think I was the only mobile. person who was... I think you were. I think it was faux excitement. I think it was like, well, that's kind of cool. It's not like genuine excitement for the SNES Mini where I'm like, oh my god. I think you haven't been... You've been out of the industry. You've played a lot of video games when you were younger. Mm-hmm. I think you've been out of the industry and you haven't really been disappointed as much in these last years. But isn't that a problem? Why have we regressed? It seems like the video game industry used to be a lot better than it is now. But was it? I don't know. There weren't as many games to choose from, but no, when you a- bought a game, the game was good. If it was a good game, it was done. I it was done, yeah. The rest of the game. That's true. A lot Even of games. great games now, I get it, and be like, well, I can't wait until like the update comes for this to be a little bit better. Yeah, that's true. And I remember, you know, just it's nice to see. I just think game. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer to it. I don't because I'm not an expert. Yeah. So it could be an issue where games are more complex to make now. Whereas, yeah, I'm sure they are, obviously. And there's a lot more. You know, the testing is a lot more expensive, and a lot of these companies are just cheap as hell, <laughs> so they don't want to, you know, put the money into the testing. Right. Um, but look, here's my thing just as a consumer, as a straight consumer angle on this. Mm-hmm. I am buying something for the enjoyment of buying it. Absolutely. And if it's broken when I buy it, it's that sandwich metaphor again. It's like, yeah. well, I still bought the sandwich. Yeah. I just want it to be good. And I don't remember ever having those issues. And maybe it was just that... We were younger and we didn't notice it. I was going to say that and I stopped only because I still replay those old games. I'm still playing Final Fantasy X. I'm still playing Final Fantasy VII. This is 21 years after, 20 years afterwards. And it's still a great game. Yeah. 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 You're right, yeah, I, and I don't have an ar- I don't have an argument. Whereas you probably win this argument because I just don't know what to say because I don't know what it's like to be a developer. Yeah. Now compared to what it was back in the '80s and '70s when they're developing these games in the early '90s, um, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I remember growing up buying these games and they were finished games, and right. you would run into a bunch of problems. It might be an issue of back then not trying to make something as grandiose or like. This masterpiece well, of a game. This. I mean, when you have like broken Grand Theft Auto sandbox games, you have so many pieces working. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. in these old school games, you had, 
you know, a, a couple components working. You had the AI um, characters moving back and forth. You right. know, you had your one pre-controlled character jumping over those, jumping on, you know, right. side-scrolling. They were all the same type of game that they were developing. Yeah, of course. You have, I mean, look at these games like Mafia and Grand Theft Auto. Right. Well, in Grand Theft Auto, I can play Pac-Man in the game that I'm playing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And even with Deus, Deus Ex and all these open sandbox games, there's so many gears and turning behind the scenes and these right. characters are off screen living their own lives and performing these own dudes. I mean, there's so much that takes into building these worlds. And I think there's just the smallest hiccups can happen. That's why we see, yeah. that's why fallouts are so glitch. Right. It's just, it's such it's a complex, so big, it's, yeah. yeah, you're playing another world. Do you feel like we're stuck in between a period now where maybe the ideas that these game makers have had has exceeded what they're capable of doing smoothly? And like, it's going to take, even we have these really, really powerful, like they're computers, you know, Yeah. but we're not quite there where they're issue free at this point. That's a really good question. I, I think we're in a, I'm seeing a lot of games kind of perfecting the sandbox mm -hmm. moment or the sandbox gameplay at the point, especially these games that have, I'm playing Hitman. Um, I picked it up last week and that game has a lot of gears grinding. At the same time, you have these AI characters living their lives. So I think we're in a world, we're in a point where we've kind of mastered that and we're moving, we're about to move on to different things. Right. Um, so I don't, no, I don't, I think, I, I think, we, I think they're, I think they've accomplished it. I really do. I feel like we're right on the cusp of like getting over it. But again, you're more into it than I am. Yeah. You know? So you're yeah. seeing a little bit more of the nitty gritty than I am. I'm sort of only picking up premium titles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's across the board, it's getting better. Across the board, even with these pixelated big games, you're seeing just everything's functioning at a lot better pace. Right. So, I think it, it's it, a good question. It's a really good question. It's funny to me to think when I was a kid, the number one thing that we always said was the graphics. Look at the graphics. Mm -hmm. Look at how much like better the graphics are getting. When I talk to my nephew, it's uh, nobody really seems to care about graphics. They've been stellar for almost 10 years now. Right. Like, at astonishingly, unbelievably rendered graphics. And now it's more like, what's the gameplay like? Yeah. Or what's the story like? And that's why when I go back to Donkey Kong, there's no story. And it still looks fine enough. And But Donkey Kong's just fun to play. Yeah. That gameplay is always so perfect in all those old Nintendo games. It's not perfect. I mean, there's still things that piss you off. Like, yeah. But, you know, they've always, they've mastered the gameplay aspects. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they started moving into the story aspects and the plotline aspects. And that's where right. the gameplay aspects started to suffer. And, you know, you have to be innovative. You can't keep putting out 2D scrollers. You can't keep putting out these 3D worlds where you're doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And that's why we have things like Farm Simulator. Okay, we've been entirely too positive about the SNES, and you're generally negative about everything. Yeah. What are... This is hard because I love it so much, and everything seems so great. Again, I haven't played it, mm -hmm. so maybe it'll suck. But right now, I'm very positive. What are negatives that you have about the SNES? Number one is Nintendo. So like we touched on earlier, will I be able to find it? Will I be able to buy it? How long will those lines be when I'm trying to buy it? I'm taking a day off from work. I, I, you, as you put your hands down in your, as you put your head down in your hands, I'm taking a day off from work <laughs> so I can figure out where I can find this. I need this, okay, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the number one gripe. I don't know where I'm going to be able to get this. I would like to pre-order it on Amazon so it'd be sent to me because I'm a working individual in America. And some of us have to work and we can't take time off. But thank God I'm unionized. Um, so that's a big gripe for me. Number two, like we talked on earlier, the controller. No. Is the controller wire going to be? I, you know, I wear glasses. I don't want to be sitting right up onto my television screen. So we need a very long controller wire. I don't necessarily need it wireless. I disagree with you on that. I like Ooh. to have a wired controller. So I Do like you miss the, the roll-up? 
I do. I like that. Games. Yeah, and I think kids need to really go through that aspect. There is. There was yeah. something about putting it away and tripping over a controller and having the whole thing like take yes. down your television. Oh, like and you hadn't saved or something yet. Yep. Was just, no. Yep. Everyone needs to go through that. Yep. Um, and then my third gripe, which isn't a big gripe because we have an amazing list of games, but where is Chrono Trigger? Where is Chrono Trigger? I'm gonna say that twice because Chrono Trigger is a huge game, and it took me forever to find that. I finally got it on PlayStation Network. I don't really necessarily like playing it on the PlayStation. Where is NBA Jam? Yes, where is NBA Jam? Thank you very much. And where is Earthworm Jim? And I know those aren't amazing, fantastic releases, I'll but punch you in your face. I, I love them. They're my favorites on the on the SNES. You played so Earthworm Jim? Earthworm Jim is fantastic. Dude, oh my god! And I wonder if it's because it's not a, a console exclusive. I wonder if it was a Sega Genesis. I wonder if that played into that. that probably is why. I think I only okay. played it on the Sega too. I know it came out of the. I know Sega it came out of the SNES, but yes, SNES, yeah, SNES. Um, yeah. So maybe that's that's a bad argument. But I want Chrono Trigger. That's my only complaint. It's funny to me that you play Chrono Trigger. Have you played Dragon Quest? I have not. No. Okay, but you play Chrono Trigger, and it is made by Square. Yeah. So it's weird to me that you play Chrono Trigger, but you have not played any Final Fantasy. I play, How have you not played any Final Fantasy? I played Final Fantasy Seven. The I, whole game. Yeah. When really? I was, I don't remember it, but it was like you don't remember it. It was like a six month endeavor, dude. It might be the greatest story human beings have ever told. Sure. Um, I played Final Fantasy Ten, which was garbage. Oh. With Tifa and Aoife and Leafa. And Tifa is in Final Fantasy VII. God, Eddie. <laughs> the one with the three re- female protagonists where they're like pop singers. And That's Final Fantasy X-2. Okay, that was terrible. Uh, I Final Fantasy X with Squall was terrible. That's Final Fantasy VIII. Good Lord. Get your Final <laughs> Fantasy crap. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, we need a whole podcast where you go through I'm this. doing a Final Fantasy podcast. See, I play a lot of video games, but I don't know anything about Final Fantasy. I just feel glad that I know something that you don't know for a Yeah, reason. okay. Yeah, I would feel glad about that too. I'm a proud Namek right now. You're insane, Namek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. But yeah, not a lot of complaints, but those are my complaints. Other than that, I'm very excited taking the day off, and I will find this. If you find it and you want to send it to me, send it to me. Thank you. It's sort of like if you eat like a golden truffle and like, oh, but I kind of hurt my tooth a little bit like on the gold leaf. That's how this feels. Like everything is perfect, but it's just like, well, I want to complain well, I want to complain bit. about something. Yeah, you know? I'm not going to be a positive. You know, I'm a, billion, I wanna, I'm a billionaire, but there's something I need to complain about today, yeah. right? So pretty much how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good week to yeah. be a video game fan. And that's the only news that we have today, because that's pretty much the best news ever. So Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of think you can top the SNES Classic coming out. What you can do, however, is read the greatest scripts ever made from any video game ever in our newest segment, Video Game Theater. Be fancy music here. <clears throat> Today's selection comes from Final Fantasy VIII, and it is a big romantic moment between... Our hero Squall and his love Renoa. Reading the role of Squall will be Edmund Arnold. Reading the role of Renoa will be tampon commercial star Patrick Shane. Renoa, where are you? I'm gonna find you no matter what. I have to get in front of her and catch her. Squall grabs her when she floats nearby, saving her from a cruel fate. Squall, thank you. I heard your voice. I can't believe it. Are we gonna make it? Don't worry. Out of fuel, low on oxygen. <laughs> what now? Die in space? I'm so helpless. I can't even save Renoa. Come on, think. A gigantic red ship floats aimlessly in the distance. Renoa, hold on. The polarity floats through the ship and they swing and it's sink with its access. 
There's air, okay? The two change out of their outfits. Renoa looks at Squall lovingly. What? Thank you, Squall. You rescued me again. I can't thank you enough. Don't worry about it. I just did what I wanted to do. Renoa opens her arms. Now what? Space suit was in our way before. <laughs> Give me a hug. Huh? A real tight one. Alive? We still have to get back. We may be alive right now, but look at our situation. You want to live, right? You want to go back at everyone. You want to go back and see everyone, right? And not become other people's memories? That's right. In the next room, the party spies a weird creature underneath the walkway. Uh, what the? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't look like a very friendly creature. Wait, what happened to my voice? It doesn't look like a very friendly creature. Let's just try to sneak by it. Better be ready for anything. Let me double check my jump ship. <laughs> Squall and Renoa cleanse the ship of monsters and go to the cockpit. That's a really... I feel like a lot of happened in that one line. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. It's a huge <laughs> action sequence and oh. I just rode away and went back into this... Wow! I have to fly this thing! Renoa goes over to a control panel. Squall! It's trying to talk, but the computer's trying to... <laughs> okay, volume? Voice. This is Esta Air Station. It's... Ragnarok, do you need Ragnarok? A radio signal. This is Air Station. Do you copy? This ship, is it Ragnarok? Whoa! Is this really the Ragnarok? You dialed them. You're in space, right? <laughs> You're in space. <laughs> yeah, but I have no idea where we are. It's Wait. a spaceship. But I don't know where we are, but it says we're in space. Yeah. Oh, I don't know the location I am in space. Yeah, we're just in space. Can, can, can you set this scene up for me real quick? What is going on? You played these crazy I wanted games. You, I wanted you to just read it cold. Okay, all right. It doesn't make that much more sense in context. <laughs> Okay, well, alright. All the monsters in the world of Final Fantasy VIII live on the moon. Okay. There's an evil sorceress who, like, shot a beam up to the moon to shoot all the monsters down to Earth. Okay. And you're up there in a spaceship trying to stop that from happening. Falling so far. And I think at this point, Renoa had, like, flown off in space. She's kind of an idiot. Okay. She was, like, leaning on a door handle. She's like, going up! <laughs> and then you, Squall, had to go out and save her. Okay. Apparently, we came back on the ship and killed some monsters in the most unimpressive line of stage direction I've ever read in my life. Okay. And now, the biggest moron on planet Earth who works for the space station is contacting a spaceship wondering if it's in space. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, all we're right. all good? We're on yeah. the same page? We're good. All right, okay. back into it. All right. Roger that! We can track you from here. We can go home? Ragnarok, it's been 17 years. Can we make it back? Leave it to us! You should have enough fuel after 17 years. Enter your location into the atmospheric reentry program and you'll be okay. Once you enter the atmosphere, we can guide you down. You'll be just fine. How do I enter that data? Oh, no sweat. We'll take this step by step. Are you in the pilot's guy? That's boring now. There's too many seats here. D -d Pick one, stupid. That's not what it said. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> Skull takes a seat. See the touch panel? Yeah, I see it. The rest is easy. Go ahead. W-G-H-E-W? Entered. Then, 2872. Entered. <laughs> no errors? It's fine. And our heroes survive. <laughs> this is why I don't play Final Fantasy, ladies what? and gentlemen. What? You don't love that dialogue? No, this is why I don't play Final Fantasy, ladies and gentlemen. There's just more of this nonsense. I have no idea what's going on. Squall is just... Oh, my gosh. This I scoured so this script to try and find any scene that would make any sense. So this was the best one I could come up with. Well, it's hard to find video game dialogue anywhere. That's terrible. I spent everywhere trying to find it anywhere. And this, when I saw this at first, I read like the <clears> first couple lines. I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. But as we're going through this, I'm like, what the hell? This is why people hate Final Fantasy. This is why people hate Final Fantasy. It's so much better in the game because the hero, do you know what Squall looks like? Yeah, he's just like, like this like, emo guy emo. with like a black leather jacket. <laughs> he looks like, um, 
Corey from Boy Meets no Sean from Boy Meets World in yes. a way oh yeah. my god he looks like every My Chemical Romance fan in 2006 yeah My Chemical Romance I remember that band yeah uh, MCR man yeah awesome band. MCR yeah. yeah that was terrible we were gonna bring back this segment and it would be worse than this one but oh my gosh that was video game theater oh god never do that again <laughs> Thanks again to our guest, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd. Uh, he is awesome. I hope to have him on again because I really enjoy talking to him. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. We are closing in on 10,000 total plays for our podcast, which is pretty good for uh, two months, I think, we've been on. It's yeah. our seventh, seventh week. Yeah. Uh, we are here every week. Come on back for more video game news. Uh, coming up in the future, we have some Marvel news. I'm doing a pretty cool Marvel experience next week. I'm going to be flying around in an Iron Man suit, hopefully. <laughs> Iron Man or Spider-Man, if I'm anybody other than that. I'm not doing it. Uh, we have some cool interviews lined up. Um, look for some God of War news, uh, a little bit of Anthem news. Uh, lots of really cool stuff on the docket. Eddie, you made some mistakes last time. I never make mistakes. So if you want to make some corrections to the horrible mistakes that you made. Yeah, there's a wonderful indie game coming out or that came out a week ago i mispronounced the name is next machina not next machina i did it over and over again i also did that with x machina when it came out which was an excellent movie so i apologize man you're an idiot yeah also we're gonna get into some comments pat you got some beef dude i do yeah, i saw that you got some beef so i have multiple of my friends who are listening thank you very much I have called pat out for basically Talking negatively about Destiny without really having experience with playing Destiny. Uh -huh. So, Pat, can you defend yourself? How can you talk negatively about these games when you're not even a gamer, bruh? Okay, and my friend's defense is, my one friend who has a problem with you is a working-class electrician in San Francisco. Oh, no! No, he's a blue-collar dude. My father's he, profession. Oh, my gosh. Damn. Okay, so he is like one of the hardest-working young men I've known in my life. He's honest, good American man. I love him. Doesn't play a lot of video games. He plays Destiny and he plays Need for Speed. He puts a lot of hours into Destiny, and when I, I have a lot of respect for this guy uh -huh. because I put I buy video games, video games, video games, video games. I put like a couple hours and then I'm done. He will master a video game. Okay. So we got him in the deck. I feel bad for him. I'm gonna give you a little feed, a little backstory. We got him. We were like, hey, the Destiny DLC came out. We're like, you know what? We're gonna. You need to buy this. You need to buy this. He goes and he buys everything. Pays a lot of money for it. <laughs> we maybe play it for with him for about 20 hours and I bounce out. All of us bounce out. He sticks with it. You know, he finds his own clan to play with. This dude it plays it extensively. You need to address his comments. He's not a nerd. Okay. He's not a loser that grew up playing video games like us. He's a working class guy that, you know, he just needs to de-stress sometimes. Okay. I'm gonna How help do you address that? I'm going to help him de-stress. And be respectful because this guy's very, very the most respectful person I know. I'm very respectful. I'm going to answer this seriously because it was posed to me as a serious question. Okay. Destiny, when it first came out, was billed as the greatest thing ever made by human beings. Okay. They said it was the answer to Halo and it was the next move on for 323 Studios or Bungie Studios, whatever they're calling themselves at this point. I agree with that. And it wasn't. And it wasn't that at all, even close. It was a half-baked game, just like all the other half-baked games we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. that was released with massive issues. Okay. I don't care that they released patches and DLC afterwards that fixed a lot of those issues, especially ones that I had to pay for after it was released. The game was laggy. The game was uninspired in its environments. The only thing I particularly liked about it was the RPG elements because I'm a huge RPG fan. Mm -hmm. But even then, I thought they had been done better in different games beforehand. Okay, counterpoints. The game was not laggy. I, don't, I, I disagree with that. Okay. I, I'd never played any instances where I played... Maybe it was my internet connection. Uh, maybe. Maybe you need to step up your internet because you're not a gamer and you really that's your number one priority. But yeah. I don't I don't remember having any instances where the game was laggy. I think the online component to that game was done very well. Okay. Um, and also their, their response to you would be this game... 
played like no other first-person shooters. It played better than Call of Duty. It played better than Battlefield, better than Battlefront, better than uh, Call Strike. Any? Can I say real fast, just because of my original comments, I did say that the gameplay was tight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is their main argument. The gameplay was good. Okay. Um, I don't know if they agree with you in, in terms of like the the environments were, and I wouldn't say the environments were uninspired. I just I would say that they were mm. not enough environments. Fair enough. That's um, absolutely true. And I believe that they do become uninspired if you're playing them over and over and over and, and fair, over. Fair. That's and fine over with again. everything except for a couple Halo maps, which I will play continuously mm-hmm. forever. True. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. They are very upset about that. All right, let me apologize. I don't think you need to apologize. I think you backed up your statements very well. Okay, I'm only going to apologize for this reason. The game was promised as something that it wasn't, and that's what my major concern was. Okay. So maybe it's unfair because I wanted it to be this fantastic game, and it was only a good game. Mm-hmm. But that's on them for building their game as something that was supposed to be groundbreaking, and it didn't break, didn't break any ground. And that I cannot argue with you with because I, I know we talked about Destiny extensively on a, a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. I believe it was episode two. Yeah. Um, but yes, they did promise us a big, extensive video game experience. Right. They did not deliver that experience until the Taken King DLC, which was, I believe, a year after the original release. And you had to buy it. And you had to buy it. Friend of Edmund, I will tell you this. I've played Destiny 2. It is awesome, and I fully endorse it. And I will pick it up myself, and I will play you online in it. Yeah, and when Pat finally buys a PS4, because I'm going to beef... This segment today, right now, is going to be beef on Patrick right now, because this guy is getting review codes. And anyone who listens to video game podcasts knows what a review code is, right? So Patrick's getting these review codes, and he can't provide any reviews or early previews because he doesn't have a PlayStation 4. So another Someone question buy me a PlayStation 4. from me is how can you consider yourself a video game reporter if you don't... I, I do consider myself a video game reporter. I, I think, think I'm a are. fledgling video game reporter. I think a guy who doesn't game, play that many games. Comic book, movie, slash... What would, what would that genre be? If we could Nerd all that. stuff, yeah, I guess, is basically geek. what people call it. Overgrown adult. But I'll talk about that stuff all the time. I feel like I probably come off as somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about a lot on this podcast because generally I'm using you as the expert and I'm which offering. is Which is not a good thing. Terrible idea. Yourself. No. I am, however, an expert. If you want to talk about movies with me, I will school you, bro. Mm, yeah, yeah, you will. And just, yeah, another thing we had, Aaron Bay Ramian blow up our SoundCloud. We appreciate you for listening. Um, I agree with you. The esports talk didn't lack Overwatch, but back to my original point. How many people are going to be able to pick up Overwatch and watch that and understand what's going on? You have a monkey with a laser gun. You have a like little teenager diva that is in a mechanical suit. I mean, there's a lot of layers to that game that needs to be explained before someone can pick that up. Uh, I, I agree, Overwatch is ex- it's a very fun game for gamers to watch playing, but I just don't think that it has legs to pick up these people that don't really know what esports is. It's what also not. Are. It's not on esports yet. You no, know, it, it's uh, not on the major, the major broadcast esports yet. It's getting there. Twitch is starting to broadcast it. A no, little I get bit it. More. I mean, I'm just saying it's not on my television yet. No, it's you not. Know? You're absolutely right about that. No, no. But yeah. So just touching on a few comments. Thank you for commenting. Please yes. keep it up. Um, Please comment, follow, look at it for us on Twitter uh, if you can. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Those are helpful for us. I really hate asking people to do these things, but we have to. Yeah, yeah I know. It's one of those part of the internet. Have to. I want to do this just so people enjoy it. But if you do enjoy it, then I guess do that for us. Yeah, and please keep listening. Uh, We really enjoy it. And, like, leave a comment just because we want to engage with you. If we're wrong, please let us know. Uh, I'm I'm never wrong. But if Eddie's wrong, let him know. Pat's always wrong. Uh, He might be wrong more than I am. Uh, And I am the naming the way that he is the same. That's absolutely exactly. Thank you, everybody. Love you. Love you.
Yeah!